don't don't whisper in my ear like that again, nigga. Or in my <laughs> ear like that. Don't ever do that ever again. <laughs> don't disrespect me like that, nigga. That shit was horrible. Yes, sir. Oduma do blah. Yeah. Oduma do blah. He finally got it. He's him. I didn't think they would make a good song together, I ain't gonna lie. Who's on this with him? Fireboy. I feel like he's kind of like blast, bro. You put that shit on everything, bro. He's fire, bro. <laughs> he's him. Oh, wait, wait. Here's the hook. But that song has crack in it. Welcome to episode. This is 13, right? Or is this 12? It's 13. 13. 13. Episode 13 of the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast. I'm your host, AJ Hughes. I'm here with my brother, Antonio Hughes, my co-host. Yes, Antonio sir. Hughes. Yes, sir. Um, how you been? What's what's been going on, bro? I'm pretty good. Um really just working went to summer smash last saturday that was a vibe having some post-festival depression that's normal though um yeah but i just been doing that i had a job interview this morning it was like for a remote job little customer service thing paid well so hopefully that works out but um that's what i really been up to edited for the high park music festival that that's coming oh, how did that go soon. uh real good um i'm I pretty much finished, but he said that he low-key wanted more videos of him in there, like the guy who ran it. And I was kind of just like, isn't it about the festival? But I kind of understand because I think he's doing another, like, I think another person's doing um, another wrap-up for him. But it was good. I, it was honestly cool, too, to see some of the performances on video, like seeing 2 chains and even clips. Like, I didn't even really know they still performed together and they were there. And... um and obviously, Uncle Waffle's set was real crazy on there. So, honestly, wish I would have known about the festival. I probably would have gone at least at least Saturday. Saturday was a good day. Auntie did mention it. I feel like she asked us if we were busy, right, or something like that. I think she might have texted us or something. I feel like I got a text, but well, she didn't ask me if I was busy. But I feel like she said something in a group chat. But yeah. she might have just she might have just missed it. But the clips. Uh, the clips are back outside. They just they they performed on that. Uh, they had a song on the Nego project. Do you remember that? Yeah, that song was real good and, too. Yeah, and then uh, alleged, and then the song that he put he did Pusha T on in the LV show, Malice was on that one too. So that was a clip song produced by Pharrell, and they're supposed to have an album coming out pretty soon. So I guess he back outside. He's um, he was he had became a pastor allegedly. Malice. Yeah, he I, I, I heard his the, life to the Lord. <laughs> I heard the story that like, I think it was some with the they either got arrested or got in some type of shootout or something, and then he just decided right after that that he just wasn't gonna make rap music. He was gonna commit to the Lord, like you said. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also though, 
Jim Jones needs to leave Pusha T alone because he cannot mess with him. That's just the. I think, yo, I think I'm I'm curious to see where it goes though, honestly, because I think Jim fell for the bait. I think he fell for the bait. He fell for the bait because he he did that to see what Jim had. He didn't put the song out. He just he put that little thing out, knowing the knowing the clips were gonna go viral and Jim was gonna hear it. He took the beat, wrapped over it, and he basically I don't want to say he gave him. It doesn't seem like it was strategic. He was like, I just gotta go at him now. And now you just you showing your hand. So I think he's like, oh, that's it, and he about to come back with some fire, boy. Yeah, he definitely could have waited a little bit, at least let Push drop the record. Because, I mean, like you said, all he did was put out the clip. And, I mean, he could have sat there really getting surgical and trying to really dissect it and really get into this guy that you're about to have to really battle. And Okay, my bad. Pause. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) My bad. But, um... Pusha T is super surgical when it comes to, like... Um, like how he goes at people, and <laughs> you're making me think about it now. I'm just, I'm just, he's he's super like calculated when he does disses and diss tracks, and when he gets in these battles with other rappers. So I think he should have took some more time because Pusha T is not the guy to play with, in my opinion. I agree. So lyrical, uh, Summer Smash, lyrical lemonade. You saw Future Hendrix, bro. I'm kind of jealous. Dude, and the thing is, I wanted to start with Future because me, my, I went in there real stupid acting like Future did not have as many hits as he had. Not even didn't have, but I forgot about how many he had because he started off playing, I think he played one or two songs from the most recent album, I Never Liked You. That was real fire. Like he started off with 712 and then that's he a, played. That's a um, crazy ass. Sorry, that's a crazy ass name. I Never Liked You. Look, he was (laughs) insane title, bro. And album was fire to match. And he he came out to that. He played Bugatti. He played New Level, two songs I was really not expecting him to play. And it just it really reminded me how many hits he had one and just how good his stage presence is. Like, I feel like compared to some of the other rappers, he wasn't sitting there just dancing around with the crowd. He was sitting there like rapping every bar and from future. I don't know. I guess I wasn't expecting that. Like I, he just doesn't seem like that type of rapper for me. You over here talking about uh, drinking, smoking, I'm on my lead, whatever. Like I'm thinking you going to come out there, chill, not really doing nothing, but he was hype. Like after Uzi, I thought it was going to be more of a chiller set. He was going to come out with more like low key music, but that's not what he did. He came out firing like firing and then i got to see uh g herbo as well g herbo is always good in chicago i feel like every time uh he's in the city people show out for him like had you had had you seen had you seen him before that or that was your first time i saw him at um lala two years ago and it was it was definitely different because i got to hear some of the newer songs and he brought out this artist i don't i don't even remember her name i'm not gonna lie but she was real good i'm gonna try to find her um, I think she was probably somebody he signed, but she was real good, kind of same thing. But one person I did not expect to see that I didn't know was going to be there was Juicy J. Um, he also had... Shut the fuck up! 
<laughs> so many hits, bro. <laughs> there was so many times where he stopped and he was sitting there performing in a straight jacket, bro. In a straight jacket, like no bullshit. <laughs> and he he came out with the mic. He was like, "I'm the first rapper ever to perform in a straight jacket." Okay, let's go. And then he dropped "Get High." I was like, "Yo, this is this is absolutely nuts, bro." But he was crazy. And then um, I think I'm gonna just leave Uzi as last. Like Uzi was that was probably one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Like I've personally really? since bro, I, yeah, fuck, fuck, bro. <laughs> Sorry, go. Nah, it, it had to be, bro. Like his stage presence is crazy. You know, his security hates him because he's gonna jump in the crowd. I don't know if you saw the video of him, like swan time cr- diving, bro. He, he did like a he did like a Jeff Hardy swan time dive in the in the crowd, and then he got a crowd. He was in there, hey, hey, and then, bro, it was it was just nuts. It was nuts. And he he really feels like one of those people, along with like I'd probably say like a Yachty and people like that who are like really like king of the youth for me like the kids that are like i would say 21 down like they love uzi and they always have always will and i don't think i really don't think anybody's gonna take him off that throne for a while like it doesn't matter what state he's in where he is his music goes like and him and future just have real good music for concerts but yeah that's probably how i want to end it I wanted to. I want to get more into Uzi in a little bit. Pause, but um, I was. I also wanted you telling me he jumped into the crowd. Reminded me of uh, Ashake. I seen a video probably like an hour ago where at Afro Nation. I don't know which one that was. That one might have been Portugal. I don't know. They got a bunch of them going on, but he jumped into the crowd at the end, and it, the video looks crazy. It was lit. And I was like, dang, that would have been that would have been dope to have been in that part. I'm I want to go to the next. I can't go to Detroit, but whatever Afro Nation is after that, maybe Afro Nation Nigeria, low key, because they're supposed to be in Nigeria in December, and that's when I'm trying to go. So I might try and fuck around and go then. But bro, I love festivals so much. Just hearing you talk about it, I'm like, damn, I still need to see Uzi so bad. I haven't seen Uzi. Yeah, I got a I got a couple artists I really still need to see out of the festivals. Like I'm real excited because Lala, I didn't know that um Yachty was gonna be there, and then I'm real excited to see a Boogie too. Like that's another one that I'm definitely. Ready I think for. Rema, I think Rema is supposed to be there too, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Rema, I, I think so. Yeah, the Rema. I think Rema's on um Friday. I think I'm not sure, but I will be front row. So. Um, Travis Scott was spotted in Africa recording a music video with Rema. Like I didn't tell y'all niggas. What was you talking about? But yeah, I'm excited for what they got coming, bro. I feel like they got a lot. Uh, They definitely. I feel like yeah, they got something coming, bro. And I'm I'm hyped. But new music, new music. Did you listen to the Pink Tape? I did listen to the pink tape. Um, I personally, I'm, I haven't really been a fan of the, like the new rock, uh, heavy metal wave in into rap, like integrating into rap. It's just not my thing. I would say, like, there's some songs where I really like it. I feel like, um, DC the Don. I talked about him last week. He does it really well. That's a person I don't really like. It hits my ear right when I hear it. But I feel like the second half of the album, like he was going, he was going nuts. Like from i gotta down he there was like no misses on it besides probably that Nicki minaj song which you didn't like it yeah i just don't I, nah that wasn't i, I didn't i didn't make it through that side of the album but 
you should if you want to like appreciate it i would say the second half was better like if he would have if i was him honestly i would have dropped the second half because it really didn't sound much like the first half i would have dropped the second half uh, as like a first album and then how he did like the eternal take part two thing like how he did deluxe. that I yeah, yeah yeah i would have i would have dropped it as a deluxe because <clears throat> you don't really i feel like a lot of people had that opinion like it was just like it it's not bad but it's not what you wanted from uzi I guess. Yeah, and, that yeah. that listening to it, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't make it through like four songs. I didn't make it. Wow. I got the first song, the intro. I I know Uzi can rap, and the intro, he was kind of going crazy. So I fucked with the intro, which was cool. But everything after that, I'm like, yeah, this ain't me. But it had me thinking about just Uzi in general, bro. Like I feel like the state of hip hop. I don't know. I think we might have talked about this on an older episode. Like, who are the who's the big three or who's the three at the top? And I feel like it was Jack Harlow, Lil Uzi. Those two names. I don't know who the other names would be, but those two names for me, like where hip hop is at. That's what I was. I'm like, Lil Uzi's been the influence of a lot of this. Most of this, him and Cardi. And I was like, I I I have to give him props and I respect it because like. He puts out hits and he's dictating where music's going. So he's obviously like important to this thing. I didn't I just didn't particularly like this project. And I it wasn't for me, but I was like, it's crazy to think about like where the sound is at and how much influence he had. And if you go through I know initially, like in the second or third song, there was a couple songs where he sounded like Chief Keef on that bitch. And I was like, this like this is a evident and clear like influence. Even though he said it in the past, that Chief Keef influenced him a lot. But it just had me thinking. I don't know. It just has me thinking about who's influencing who and how like Chief Keef is responsible. He, Chief Keef is all these niggas' fathers. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Cardi is all these, like the current niggas, their fathers too. Because <coughs> sorry, I feel like Whole lot of Red was like almost like one of the kickstarters of this wave of rap. And... I'm kind of ready to say it's almost a classic album just because of the fact that the amount of influence it had on the current generation of rap. If you go listen to a lot of what people are doing, like Ye, like I said, DC the Dime, this Uzi project, um, Ken Carson, Destroy Lonely, like a lot of the newer guys that are getting really big are trying to make a whole lot of red, in my opinion. Like they're just making really, they're making b- worse versions of it. I never feel like, I don't feel like there isn't going to be a better album than a whole lot of red from that type of, from that. You liked, genre. you liked a whole lot of red and not at first. And that's the thing I would, when I was sitting there listening to the Uzi project, I was sitting there like, everybody is trying to do this. Like everybody is trying, he did it. I feel like now I definitely appreciate it a lot more than I did before. Like it's for where rap music at, is at right now in the U S I feel like that kind of, that album just kind of reflects it. Like it really is what is going on i feel like everybody's making super hard rock metal beats like that's really a big thing right now so i feel like it's so interesting it's it's so it's so weird where hip-hop is at right now it's like like i see the progression of how you how you get from chief keith to yeet i guess like fine but (laughs) why i don't get it i don't get it so like um this week i had a post get picked up by hot freestyle of me talking about UK rap versus US rap. And 
I I think I have a lot to say on the subject, but it just had me thinking like, it's not like I didn't like American rap. It was more like I was forced to look elsewhere for the things that I was looking for in hip hop because we're not doing it here. And it just had me thinking like, does this have something to do with the natural progression of music where it's like, like before how we had sort of like blue, like the rock and roll era and then it got popularized in America and now it's like, it became like this punk thing. Is that why? Is this just what happens in America? Or is this just where we're at right now? I don't see, like, I don't know how you get from this back to real bars. I don't see it happening. So it's like, where are we? I think also, like, I keep talking about TikTok, but I feel like TikTok really changed it too because everybody's trying to make stuff that'll fit well on there and that'll get picked up and go viral. And that's the bigger thing with music now. I feel like it's used as a way to go viral and to get big in a way. So I feel like people aren't really sitting there taking as much time with their music and, like, being intentional with what they make. I feel like it's a lot of just hopping on hopping on rock beats like i don't i don't feel like it's a lot of effort to be honest yeah that i think i think a big part of it is the production i think um i think the best producers in the world aren't on this continent anymore. I, wait i won't say that the people making the best music right now production wise producer wise it doesn't it's not here oh, I, I think that's another thing it's very electronic very um there's not a lot of musicality to the beats, I feel like. And that sort of force, I mean, when artists go to record something, I imagine that influences how they make the music is what they're hearing. So that could be part of it too. I think it's a lot of factors at play, but I think music musically, there's a lot of producers in other places doing a lot more creative things than here. Yeah, that's, I always feel like the, uh, the Afro beats, especially it, the beats are always what intrigue me first. And I feel like with rap, when I started like in rap, that's what would draw me in because I'm just a music guy. Like I played sax, I played guitar. I listened for stuff like that. And when you have like real instruments, a live band, stuff like that, or just putting more time into like what you're doing with the beats and making beats with like all that, all that stuff, like you hear it more in like Afro beats and reggaeton now than you do in, rap for sure for sure so i guess before we move on to these next other these next new music topics i would ask you like what would you like to hear more of in music in hip-hop i i'll start and then i'll go to you i would say for me something that i didn't know i wanted more of uh is r&b and soul sampling from the early 2000s um foggy raw you know who that is yeah right the he that alicia keys record is so crazy i love that song so much and i have been thinking about that for the longest time like the moments early in my life that got me like really like that really drew me into music were like alicia keys fallen uh ordinary people john legend you don't know my name alicia keys like stuff like that you know what i'm saying like that era of r&b and then when you go go on to think about like some of our best music like Kanye West built his name off soul samples and it just had me realizing like we don't really it feels like the samples we're going back for and that are being circulated are like we're not I don't know it's like 
whoever's picking them is just trying to catch a quick one. Like, bro, that Lola Brooke grinding shit I seen the other day. What I the fuck? Listen to it, yeah, <laughs> bro. What the fuck? What the fuck? But I would say I would want to see more R and B and soul sampling if producers could get into that because I think it's just. It, that musicality brings something out of rappers. Like you think, you just look back; it just does wonders for whoever's on the mic. Right, right. I, I agree with that for sure. I think um, when the people who have been making rap right now have used R and B and soul samples in the correct way, I feel like it always sounds good. It's like a cheat code. But um, I would personally say I just want maybe like a change of content and some creativity. Like I feel like. You hear a lot of the same things over and over in the raps in rap songs right now, and it's a lot of the same types of beats and a lot of this. It's just a lot of the same stuff. Like I feel like you don't get to hear like somebody's different take on their their own creative spin on rap or their own creative spin on a beat. Like I just feel like there's not much creativity anymore, and it's just kind of like cookie cutter and then everybody's gonna make this type of song like i feel like it's kind of like that and it's i i think that's what i'd say creativity and like a change of content maybe maybe i yeah, just need to change I, what i'm listening to i don't know yeah maybe i think sometimes because of the media platforms it makes it seem like there's only x amount of artists doing things but there's way more i think because the field is so big now that like like before it's like X amount of artists were signed to a label. So this is all you really heard about. But now with the fact that you can just be independent and put it out, it's like there's a hundred times as many artists. So how those initial 10 artists might have all the listens initially. Now you spread that out over like 10,000 artists. It's like, it's like impossible to keep up with everything. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Right, right. But let's get into the rest of this new music. Um, Spinal, he dropped the DJ from his name. So he's no longer DJ Spinal, I guess. But Spinal dropped a single, Loju with WizKid. Uh, that one's definitely a vibe. Let me see if I downloaded that one for you or if I not nah, left that one. You guys listen to it on your own. But it's fire for sure. Um, I think Spinal. Blaze Beats helped produce it. Shout out to him. He does a lot of Asha K stuff with Magic Sticks. But this one's a vibe, bro. This is definitely a party record. You're going to hear it out. WizKid keep a feature, bro. WizKid will give you a feature. He's put out like four or five of them over the last two months. And everyone is a vibe. Everyone is making it to my playlist. So if you're into WizKid, definitely go check that record out. Did you hear that one at all or not? Yeah, I liked it. I, I honestly, I think DJ Spinal is one of our favorite Afrobeats producers. He's nuts. Like, he has a lot of stuff. He's him. He's him, bro. That album is still in rotation for me. Um, it wasn't that much new music I was excited to get into this week, honestly. Um, Tiny Data, did you listen to that? You listen to the album? I listened to about, I got about six songs in. I switched to the pink tape just because I wanted to hear it, but, um, I liked it. Like it sounded good so far. I really liked that um Bad Bunny song. It reminded me of uh Save Your Tears by the weekend, if you know that song. Uh which one which uh which Bad Bunny song? It was the first one that was on the album with him and Tiny. Um What's it called? Was it the like the 
Off the record with everybody on it, right? There was a. Mm-mm. It was yeah, called. Hold on, I, I have it pulled up. Oh, Mojabi uh, Baby. Mojabi Ghost, but Mojabi Ghost. Yeah. That yeah. I want when you get off. <clears throat> go listen to, go listen to that song. Actually, no. Listen to "When Doves Cry" by Prince, and then listen to that song. That's what that's listen what it reminded you of. The beat. The, like you go listen to them, they're like damn near the same, bro. The drums. Okay, let um, me let me raise you one. When you get off, go listen to "Save Your Tears" by The Weekend and tell me if it reminds you of it too, because I feel like it had kind of the same bop. But that might they, just be they me. all might. I have I don't even know that song. I have to go check it out. You you've probably heard it somewhere just because uh, that Weekend album was damn near diamond so you probably heard it in like h&m or something like <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna listen to it really quick give me 10 seconds oh. uh, i saw you dancing in a cottage room save your tears for another day hey if we gonna bring back Hitting the folks, let's bring back Nene into. I'll be hitting that button. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, shout out shout out DJ Nate. DJ Nate asked me to come to Rum and Jerk and show people how to hit them folks. So <laughs> shout out you, bro. I'll be there. That's hilarious. I'll be there. Yeah, he swiped up on my story. <laughs> you go with DJ. But, um, hit the folks class at Rum and Jerk. That's crazy. hundred percent. They was they was teaching people how to drift when I went last time. Um, but I do hear what you're saying, but I think that one has, I don't know. It's like that one's close, but it sounds closer to when doves cry. Uh, I'll check so it out. when you I'll get a chance, it. yeah, yeah. But, um, oh, you got your phone right now? You got to go sit right now? No. Can no. you? Oh, okay. you want me? Okay, okay. You don't have to. I just thought you were pulling it out. It's fine though. Oh, Pause. Uh, <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. <laughs> Next song, uh, Fire Gun by Odumodu Block. That's how you say his name. Odumodu Block. He finally got it. Feature, <laughs> I heard him say it. I went and watched. He he actually, this is actually interesting because you might want to go check it out, but uh, it might be hard for you to listen to, honestly. But Joe Boy has a podcast now called Bod- The Body and Soul Podcast, which was the name of his last album. And he interviewed... Um, Odu Mo- he needs a nickname, Odumodu Block. He interviewed him. <laughs> and I just started watching it. I went there to see how he said his name, but I'm gonna watch the whole interview when I get out of it, when I get off of this. Um, but that song is fire. I think every single, and this rarely happens with an artist, every time they release a new song, it's fire. It's a slap. You know what I'm saying? Every time there's a new verse by him, it's a slap, right? First was Declan Rice, and then he was on uh he was on that song with Joe Boy normally, and then he did another song that I liked. Um, dang, I forget. Let me go. There's a list of them, but um, it doesn't happen for me with artists, honestly. Where it's like every time they come out, it's it's fire. So I'm interested to see when his next project is. I'm probably gonna have to go back in his older stuff, but Fire Gun, Fire Gun with Fireboy DML is he? I love that song. 
I haven't been able to tune into that yet, but I, I would say that's probably just the constant progression of just getting better, just putting up shots, basically. Like, if you're sitting there working on it every day, you putting out new songs, you getting the reception and seeing what people are saying about it, you can make critiques to where it'll hit the ear better every single time you come on. Or maybe it's just the fact that he was working with different producers on each one. I don't know if he was, but that might be... Maybe you just like the producing style. That's yeah coming up. Maybe oh, it was it was um no option with Boge. I remember um, that one. I remember that. Yeah, one. That he was, was he was on that one too. But um, yeah, go check out Fire Fire Gun by Odumodu Block and Fireboy <laughs> DML. Um, I had two music business topics I wanted to get into, and then I wanted to talk more broader on what we're doing here for a little while. We're cool with that. But first, yep. African music streaming service, Moon. I, when they do the M and then another letter, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's M D U N D O. Forecast 35% growth in monthly active users for the upcoming fiscal year. I thought this was very interesting because I think. Um, I think we're all in our own little silos in the country where the countries we're in. I think it'd be interesting to hear about this. Um, in guidance, in guidance released last Thursday, uh, the streaming service said that it expects to hit 35 million in monthly active listeners in the uh, fiscal year of 23, 20, 2023 to 2024, beginning July 1st. This would mark an increase uh, of, five, of 9 million users from the 26 million they had from the previous year. Um, so the country was started in Kenya in 2013, it's headquartered in Denmark, and they have users in 15 sub-Saharan African countries, including Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania, Ghana, and South Africa being its key markets. The five, those five countries have a population of 422 million people and offer substantial growth opportunities due to a high, due to high internet penetration rates robust economic developments. So on here, I've talked about previously how the biggest growing market for a lot of things over the next 10 years is going to be Africa, partially because of the internet penetration rates. That's what the, the figure is called. But how many of these areas have high speed internet in volume? We're like anybody. Most people in America have access to internet if they want it or they can go get it. You know what I'm saying? There, they don't even have internet providers in a lot of different African countries, but the markets that I listed earlier do. So with keeping that in mind, I think it's like, it it is the new frontier of music in that way, where it's like, if you're if you're betting on any, what, what do they call it when you're in stocks and you like a blue chip stock or like a penny stock or whatever, like when it's yeah. real cheap and then it, yeah. those are the, like, in my head, those are the places where if I'm a business looking to grow in streaming, if I'm a label and if I'm a label looking for artists who have potential to grow in different markets like that, these are places to check. You know what I'm saying? 422 million people in those five markets is more than America. That's more than there's more. That's more people than there are in America. Right. And so to think that they're only mainly in 15 sub-Saharan African countries. There's 54 countries in Africa, right? And if you're able to corner markets or have large uh, markets in Nigeria and South Africa, like it's only a matter of time before the countries around it end up following. So I thought that was an interesting 
little tidbit that I read online the other day. Yeah, I think with <clears throat> with time, it'll keep growing for sure, just because they didn't have that access before. And now the internet just opens up so many things for so many people. And I think that's going to also lead to like a lot of job creation and a lot of just economic growth over the next couple of years for Africa, just because, and I don't think they're going to be in that, like that quote unquote third world country. I don't think it's going to be like that for much longer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think uh, a lot of the issues surrounding Africa can be resolved potentially. Yeah. And their problem. Um, I was, I was talking to one of my teammates or my coworkers the other day and we were just talking about like what we were doing at work. And I remembered the whole reason I got into marketing because I feel like it was the lowest hanging fruit to attempt to help black businesses because I feel like the, one of the biggest things at least here was economic empowerment. It's like, we don't have those things. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. things are getting better in every area, but that, and that is the root of a lot of issues. So those, those issues are not just for me, American based, right? Like I just look at them as black issues and those are the problems I'm interested in spending a lot of time on or solving. So when I see stuff like this, it always catches my eye because it just brings up so many ideas and sparks so many synapses in my head where it's like, what could this mean? You know? Yeah. But uh, we'll keep our eye on Africa, you know, hopefully I'm there in December. We'll figure that out. But the next one, uh, Ripple, TikTok parent, TikTok parents, new AI powered music making app that can turn a hummed melody into a song. Um, let's see. That is nuts. Yeah. ByteDance wants aspiring creator. ByteDance wants aspiring creators to make the music for their short form videos, uh, to make music for their short form videos using an app it built itself, and it even developed and trained a model for them to get started. Um, MBW, which is Music Business Worldwide, told you last month that TikTok's parent company was working on an AI music app that significantly lowers the music creation barrier. After we spotted a pair of job ads for experts in the space. Um, the app has two key features, a melody to song generator and a virtual recording studio. Uh, the melody to song feature lets users sing or hum a melody directly into the app, and then we'll expand the melody by generating an instrumental accompaniment in variation of different genres. This goes on, but I think this is interesting because a lot of issues and opportunities arise from this. But initial thoughts, what did you think of this? Um, I think I'm more so, I don't know. I don't know where I feel, what I feel about it. I feel like if it's used in the right way, it could make music creation faster. It could just speed up the process. But I feel like the process is really important in music. And I feel like by adding this in, it's kind of taking away that real musicality and real, like, I don't know. I, I just don't feel the best about this. I feel like it kind of just it's lazy to me. Like make if you're a musician, make real music, in my opinion. I think I see what you're saying. I agree with you to an extent. I think that 
um there was i read i read something a little while ago that said since like video has become such a prominent part of our lives music has reached this like this delta of music as art and music as content right and they have some overlap but there are two clear branches as to where it's going right and so like when i read something like this i think about like bro how many times have we uploaded videos and them shits get taken down for copyright Way like too a couple many. right right and so i think about like how many times like music could accompany a video and add to it and universal like nah nigga give me that shit and so to somebody who and so for me i sort of just like i'm not focused on like the music isn't the message is what i'm trying to say so i don't really think about that too much but there are people and creators out there who need music to go with their content and so i think this provides an opportunity for them to get rid of that barrier like of trying to assist their content and on the other hand i think about like i think it was steve lacy that said he made his album on his phone you know what i'm saying like the entire album and so if this app lowers that barrier for younger kids or some people who aren't as tech savvy to make music because it like it's just you know what i mean there's so many ways to make music and we get like good music from it then i'm behind it you know what i mean i don't think this takes away from musicians doing it as art i think this could potentially some problems could arise from it but i don't think it's a it's going to like attack that side of it. So I think that's interesting. And from a business aspect, I think TikTok does this because TikTok is one of the, the one thing I noticed about them in the news, it seems like they're very agile when trying to address issues within the platform or make changes and stuff like that. And one of the biggest, like one of their biggest partners is the music labels, right? They own the rights to all the songs. And so basically you have to pay them out based on streaming and based on how many times stuff is viewed and stuff like that. And if you can take 10, 15, 20% of the music that you're getting from Universal or from Warner or from Sony and have creators just generate some instrumentals to go behind it, like you're cutting your costs in that way. So from a business aspect, I think it's really smart. Um, but I think this does bring off a lot of different branches that could potentially could potentially create issues in the, in the future, but who knows? We'll see. I just thought it was an interesting title, though, for sure. I think um, after you explain that, I definitely see the positive in like giving it giving access to people who aren't as tech savvy or aren't as probably. I, mean, I don't even want to say musically inclined, but people who maybe don't make beats or something like that. It could definitely help there, and then I think it'll definitely help with the copyright too. Like. I think that's a real yeah. big problem in music, especially right now with all the sampling people are doing. Not that it wasn't like that before, but copyright wasn't as much of a thing that they cracked down on. So I think it'll it'll probably be positive. There's some there's some negatives to everything, but I think the way you explained it definitely made me feel like it could be positive for a lot of people. Yeah, B business is interesting, bro, because you you'll see somebody become a player or somebody make a move that affects the rest of the market in a way that you weren't even expecting. Like, I don't think when we start, like, 
I saw some, I heard somebody talking about TikTok a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, "Yo, we just had our like kids were just dancing on there at first. It was just kids dancing, and now look where it's at. Like that's insane. You know what I mean? Um, I think the power of social media and TikTok accelerated it is so interesting to me, right? Like that. I remember coming home last night and seeing that. Hot Freestyle had posted my stuff, and I was like, nah, they ain't post. Like, this is just so random. And then I started going through it, and I'm like, bro, this tweet has two likes, and one of those likes was Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was random. And I'm like, it's so crazy that you have the power to put something out, and millions of people could potentially see it, even not via you, via somebody else. You know what I mean? And I think leaving this topic and going into what I wanted to rap with today, um, it really had me thinking about like proof of work, putting stuff out and really what I wanted to do, like what I'm trying to do here, like what my goals are, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking about that a lot and I wanted to get your perspective on it and just hear like with rhythm and rhymes and what I'm building here, I know I have ideas of what I want to do, and I've shared a lot of that with you. I feel like, but what do you wish? What would you like to get out of this? You know what I mean? I think, I think when I think about that, I think about like not not just like like if it's you want to get paid or if you want to be able to do certain things or you want to like get better at video editing, like whatever it is or the fact that you just enjoy it like what do you what would you like to get out of this i think that honestly i really um enjoy just sharing what i hear musically like i feel like i've always had a pretty um unique taste in music like i feel like i'm pretty not not far out but i like weird stuff sometimes when it comes to music and I always think it's fire and I've always wanted to be have like a platform to share that. And also like at the end of the day, I want to work with artists like in any way possible. I don't know how that is yet. Like originally I really wanted to do like videos and uh, tour, tour shoots and stuff like that for artists. But I, the more I think about it, the more I would, I would want to do whole festivals, stuff like that. Like I want, I want this to really be like a, like a brand like i want this to be a big thing in the next now i wouldn't even say five to ten in the next one to three but yeah i don't know i'm still kind of thinking about it i guess i could say i don't exactly know everything i want out of it but i would definitely say um being able to work with the artists that i love and then just share the music that i love that's dope i agree with that i think um I, I think the same thing. I think it all started because, and I think that's most important, honestly, because it doesn't make any sense to do this if you don't really enjoy music. You don't really love music. It's like, it's it's more of a job. And it, like this, this thing is so, attempting to build something like we're trying to build, if you just kind of like music and not really, like if you just kind of like it, it's not really going to, build into the thing that you wanted because it takes so much effort. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't love music, it's like, what's the point? And I think about that a lot. And I think, I think bigger than that personally for me though, um, I'm very, 
I don't like saying pro-black. I heard Dr. Umar talking about the t- term pro-black. I, I heard that. I don't know if you saw that. I did. And I thought that was so interesting because that like I thought that was so interesting, but I'll use it for the sake of the listeners, right? I'm very pro-black in that way. And I think one of the easiest mediums to connect black people is music across all genres, across all languages, across all cultures, ethnicities, all of that to connect back black people. I feel like music is one of the best mediums to do so. And so bigger than the fact that I love it, I feel like it has the potential to create spaces and environments and connections between us that could eventually branch off into other things, right? Like when I look at a Jay-Z or a Diddy or those like people who moved culture in that way, like they started in one avenue. Like Rock Nation is not just a music brand, but this all stemmed from him rapping, you know what I'm saying? Like him enjoying music. And I guess I just see it as a way to connect people. I love storytelling. I think that's something that I'm really getting into more and more each day. And I think I have a unique ability to do that. I think I'm good with my words and I've heard that for a long time. And I think I want to use that to help teach and help learn personally more than that learn. You know what I'm saying? I feel like with this channel, a lot of the videos that I made where I feel like I was giving out the most information was on the topics that I learned the most, right? Like I went and learned something and then I came back and like reiterated it and gave it to the audience and they liked it. You know what I mean? And that's when I'm thinking about the content that I'm making moving forward, I want to do more of that. I want to do more of like sharing information and and like, you know what I mean? Talking about like how we went to Jamaica and we saw them playing the steel drum, bro. That that hit different after knowing the history behind the steel drum. You know what I'm saying? I just happened. I, it was so crazy that we got to see them live there doing it and knowing that this was, we only created the steel drum because of colonialism banning African percussive instruments on the island of Trinidad. That's the only reason we get steel drums. And so like to know our culture is like that intertwined with just that instrument, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And I think um, I'm going to be creating a lot of educational video content based in the Black Atlantic theory. Um, I'm going to go... I have that video up on our YouTube page if you want to go watch it where I'm talking about how uh, Paul Gilroy, who's a scholar, and I want to talk to more people like him. I was thinking about that too. I think in terms of guests, it don't even have to be like music journalists or artists necessarily for me too. I think talking to people like that and finding a way to find educational information. Yeah. Like it was like his, his history is interesting too. You know what I mean? And like that that theory is like, I think a main principle of what we're trying to do is just connect black people. And I think like, if you get even more micro with just the show, yesterday I was hearing that um, the actors might go on strike soon, right? Just like the writers are on strike. The writers are on strike right now. And so what is what's being said by a lot of people is that what's gonna end up happening is at the top of 2024, because there, the stuff that's on TV right now is stuff that was already filmed and edited and put out before the strike, right? But there's a bunch of 
networks going under and by top of 2024, we're not going to have TV. We're not going to have TV shows. Like nobody's going to be making new stuff because the writers and the actors are on strike. So an interesting idea floating around between creators and stuff like that is that a lot of these networks are going to be looking for content to put in their pipelines, right? They're going to be looking for stuff. And so you think about a late night talk show, like a Jimmy Kimmel, like what's the difference between that? There's obviously a difference between that and Joe Rogan, but they're both talk shows. There is no difference. So you can literally syndicate it in there. And I think with this show, if we can like really turn it up, like 1% better every week, get better. Like I see opportunities for us, like being able to like, you know, partner up with brands to get the message out there initially, or, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not hell bent on doing that. Like, cause if we can build it on our own, fuck everybody else. I don't really <laughs> want to be told what to do. I don't really want to be told no, what to do in reality, really. but if it makes sense, if it makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I think about like some of the stuff I do in terms of like the music history stuff, like think about like, like maybe not the history channel, but think about the stuff you'd see on the travel channel or the history channel. You know what I'm saying? Like the concepts I have in my head for how to tell out of these stories. It's like, if I can tell them well enough on YouTube that somebody's like, damn, like this is like, this is already a show. Like, Imagine if we could just plug that into Revolt, you know what I'm saying? Like the partnership or something like that, something crazy. And so while I think I enjoy doing this, I think for me now it's about like really being intentional about what I'm doing in terms of the content I'm putting out and really trying to get better. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I feel like I'm texting you a lot with edits and things that I'm like nitpicking about. And sometimes I'm like, dang, I know he... Like he's just trying to edit this and get through it. But I'm really trying to like, like I want this to be really good. You know what I'm saying? Like I really want to push this thing. And so if that's, I think I more wanted to explain that to you to so you understand like why sometimes I'm hitting you a lot with like little things. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I want to take this to the next level. You know what I mean? I want this to be, I don't want this to just be fun. I want it to be something that could potentially be profitable. Yeah. And I think we have the capability to do that. I think the main thing with a lot of these places is that they don't understand the music. And that's the most important part. I think that's where we started. We just got to get everything around it. Yeah, I, I have something I was about to say. Oh, um, I, I honestly, it doesn't really bother me as much with the critiques and the edits anymore. Like I used to, I'm, I'm still kind of like that, but I'm quick to defend myself and just quick to jump to my own defense but i saw that clip of ty the creator talking about um just how much presentation matters like in your head you might be sitting there thinking like why does this matter it's really not that serious it's just about doing the thing but people look at you a certain way based off of how you present yourself like they judge what they see so it's important to be intentional with what we're doing and making sure that when people do see us, that it's in a good light. Like even with what that dude said on the Silk Sonic video, like after that, I started only doing videos with um, like script in front of me, whatever. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he um, that that that's stuff that helps like it's definitely important to make sure what we're doing is like it looks good too like it has to so yeah and i yeah. think i think the only other thing i would say about like what i want out of it like i've always wanted to add to the black economy like at the end of the day like if that was through like 
Like that's one of the other reasons I started trading stocks and why I want to be a financial advisor. Like you just, you're helping people who didn't have that access before, but yeah. Yeah. The, the black economy, I guess this is a good way to wrap, but the black economy for me is so interesting because I think, I think the areas in which we excel the most, we own the least. You know what I'm saying? We own the lease. Like I, I tell people all the time when I go to the hair store and now they're getting, it's interesting now because the hair store up the street from me, there's like, they have so many black women working in there and they have, and the owner, he sits off in the corner where you can't see him. He or she sits off in the corner where you can't see them. You know what I'm saying? They wear a mask and they almost don't look like they work there. And that's intentional. That's intentional, right? They want you to feel like, and I, cause that was a thing for a little while where black people was going into these Asian hair stores and like, bro, it's all Asian people in there. We don't own it. And it's like, not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, we spend so much money with them. It's like, it would be nice for that money to circulate back to us, you know? Yeah. And I remember mom talking about how she was following somebody on Instagram who was starting a hair store. And the problem that they kept running into was when they were going to suppliers all the suppliers were Asian and the suppliers didn't want to sell to her because she was black. And so I'm thinking like, and that, and I don't know if that makes any sense for me, but out of spite, I want to own a hair store or partially help start, help people start a hair store, like black people, you know what I'm saying? Like out of spite in a way where it's like, bro, how, like even, I don't even want to say how dare you, but how dare you? It's like, we spend so much money with y'all that like, you know, I don't know. And so I think this, especially us being in music and entertainment, like this is where we thrive more than almost anyone, you know? And so I think that that is what we're doing added to the black economy. You know what I'm saying? If we figure out how to be smart about this and monetize this and make money off of this and like really do good work, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm really focused on writing and telling good stories. I, I've been like sort of journaling for a while, but when you sent me those scripts and I went through them the other day, bro, like the process I go through in like editing like that is difficult, but it's rewarding. You know what I'm saying? Like I enjoy it at the end, but during it, like trying to take the words, piece them together, make it sound good. Like, does this make sense? Is this getting the message I'm trying to convey across? Like, like that, what I sent you probably took me half an hour, just that little part, you know what I'm saying? But I think it feels rewarding in that way for me. Cause I think, I think that's, if I have to like pinpoint a gift, that is my gift. It's just how I am with words. And so it made me realize like, I have to do that consistently on here, on rhythm and rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Like you go back, there are videos where I did that and they just took off. You know what I'm saying? The virality effect of people sharing it is because it was clearly conveyed. But that just, I don't know, a couple of things over the last week made me realize like, nah, I gotta lock in. Right. Right. Just about working but, on it every every week, every day. Yeah, bro. Well, this was longer than I thought it was gonna be. I didn't have much to talk about, but we made it almost to an hour, bro. That's crazy. Uh, I didn't even realize. You have a song you wanna end off on that you wanna give the crowd? Like like a song of the week or you was playing something? Yeah, song of, I'm gonna play a song. But song of the week. Um well, I was listening to My Darling by Victony 
all week. Like it wouldn't get out of my rotation, wouldn't get out of my head, stuck in my ear. So I would say go listen to that. My darling by Vic Denny. Okay. I will Did I just freeze? What I wanna you? say Nah, I want to say, um, bro, I've been on this on my piano wave recently, y'all. And if you're not hip, you need to get hip, bro. On my piano is kind of crazy, and it's a, I don't know what about it like makes it that entertaining for me. But I'm gonna give y'all this song and try and make it through the end, bro. On my piano is an experience. You can't. It's not like a regular song where it's two minutes and you can skim through it, like. You have to go through the entire song to really feel it. Cause when the beat change, it's like that change that changes how you listen to it, like the listening experience. So I'm gonna say Suka by uh Kanisa, Tyler I see you. I keep seeing Tyler I see you. He's kind of popping into my feed a lot. But uh these songs have so many people on them. Tyler I see you, I see you. Nanda Nandifa eight oh eight and Sika RCA RSA Sika RSA, but go listen to Suka. That song is crazy. Um, another artist I want to come in here and talk about next week, bro. This guy named Ninho. He's a French rapper. Um, his album had Central C, Omale, Ira Star, and um. Central C, Iron Star, Omale, and it was somebody else on there. It was a it was a weird little baby. It was a weird lineup. It was a weird lineup of artists. And I was like, oh, okay, so he must be like that guy over there. But um yeah, I'll just end with this song, bro. This song is crazy. Let's see. Or maybe it won't play. It might not play. I'm pretty sure the Ama Piano playlist on Spotify does not have a single Ashake song on it. I was looking at it yesterday and I did not see a single time where Ashake was on there. So whoever made that, clean it up. Fix it. Ashake, okay. I've been told I've been told by by African correspondents that Ashake is not on my piano. The production, <laughs> no, listen, the production is similar to what they do in Ama Piano, but Ama Piano is house music. And I don't know. It's the way it was explained to me makes sense, but it's technically not on my piano. I'm not ending with a song this week, guys. Riverside is acting up. Colton, I'm on your ass, bro. Pause. <laughs> you need to figure it out. This is a pause episode, out, bro. <laughs> yeah, that might be the name of it. Do we start titling episodes, bro? I've been trying to wonder. Like, I've been doing it for like SEO purposes, but maybe we start titling stuff. I don't know. I think you should. Um. For sure, for sure. That was well. That's the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast, guys. That's episode thirteen. Uh, surprising, we've gotten this far. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's working. Hey. All right, y'all. See y'all next week.